You're listening to Consider This, episode 282, for February 24th, 2020. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and whoever you are, let's do this. Let's you and I consider conservative commentary in 10 minutes or less. This is Consider This, and I'm Doug Payton, letting you know what I think about the events of the day. If you want to let me know what you think about the events of this or any other day, come to the website considerthis.ctpodcasting.com slash feedback. There you'll see how to get in touch via email, phone, or social media. That's CT as in camping trailer. The Slippery Slope in Action And some funny and disturbing quotes from Democrats, but not the same quote. (laughs) That's coming up. Right up front, I want to thank Dylan Crabb for being the latest intelligent person to like the Facebook page. That was a great choice, Dylan. You won't regret it. I hope. If you recall during the same-sex marriage debate, there were those, including me, who said that if you redefine marriage away from its traditional meaning, you render it meaningless. I'll refer again to the Heck podcast, one of my new favorite podcasts hosted by Peter Heck. He recently noted that we didn't redefine marriage so much as we undefined it. Once you take that one-man-one-woman standard and change it so that the genders don't matter, It's not a stretch at all to say that the numbers don't matter. Critics said that this was a slippery slope logical fallacy. I don't agree that all appeals to a slippery slope are wrong, because this one at least had a consistency with what came before, appealing to higher up the slope to suggest the next slip down. Which brings us to a bill in the Utah State Legislature that is what I might say is the second-to-last step down the slope in legalizing polygamy. SB 102 is moving along after hearing testimony from those who say that the current anti-polygamy law labels otherwise law-abiding citizens as criminals. Well, one could say that about laws against speeding, so that's not much of a defense to me. But speaking of speeding, SB 102 would make the penalty for polygamy less serious than some traffic tickets. The late Andrew Breitbart would say politics is downstream from culture, meaning that our laws are made generally after our culture has accepted something. Our laws reflect our society's values. Now, there's a lot of truth to that, but in today's climate, When five Supreme Court justices can decree legal abortion and same-sex marriage, rather than waiting for cultural acceptance, so much happens so fast, and it's not good for a society. Consider this. Even though the High Court had intended Roe v. Wade to be the last word on the subject regarding politics and the law, and Democrats certainly hope it is, the issue is still a major dividing line in the culture. And once some issue is decided in the political level, it's very hard to bring the culture back from the edge of that cliff, or the slope. So while many citizens of the state of Utah may not realize it, polygamy is being accepted more and more by their elected officials. Yes, I understand the history of the Mormons there, and that this goes on mostly under the radar, but I think most people there may wake up one day in a Utah they don't recognize 
click their heels together three times and find out there's no place like it was. This is Eric Erickson. You're listening to the 10 Minute or Less Conservative Podcast. Consider this. I've got a couple of audio clips I want to play for you. One is humorous. The other is, I think, a little disturbing. Let's start off with the disturbing and end with humor. Fox News host Neil Cavuto was interviewing Majority Whip Representative James Clyburn, a Democrat and a black man, about presidential candidates, especially Michael Bloomberg versus Trump, and especially considering some of the things Bloomberg had said about African Americans in the past. Clyburn responded that he thought Trump had said some bad things about African Americans as well, so Neil brought it back to the actual job performance question. Well, let's leave the words aside then, right, uh, Congressman? Let's leave the words aside. Whether you like his style or not, or tweets or not, or comments or not, he's delivered the goods for a lot of African Americans, has he not, with record low unemployment levels for one group after another, mostly with with African Americans. You don't think that's something that's constructive? No, no, because it's not true. You what know, do you mean it's not true? I'm 78 it, years. Go ahead. I'm saying that the uh, African American unemployment is not the lowest it's ever been, unless you count uh, slavery. We were fully employed during slavery, so it all depends on how you measure this up. Wow. I'll just let that one sit and marinate for a minute. The statistics about African American unemployment being the lowest ever are wrong. Because slavery. (laughs) Understand, this is not coming from some random Twitter user or some obscure politician. This is a man elected by his caucus in the House of Representatives to a position just behind Majority Leader. A Republican, white or black, could never say this without severe backlash from Democrats in the media. I know, same thing. And a worse case of Trump derangement syndrome you're not likely to see anytime soon. I sincerely hope that black voters really consider the performance of the president more than his personality. One is his job. The other, as awful and childish and embarrassing as it may be in the opinion of me and many others, is not. Okay, let's end this segment on a lighter note. At the Democratic presidential debate in Las Vegas, there was one point where, over some crosstalk, Amy Klobuchar revealed her ingenious plan to eradicate misogyny. We're going to need a president, not just a candidate who can I have an idea of how we can stop sexism on the Internet. We could nominate a woman for candidate uh, for president of the United States. I think that might go a long way if we showed our stuff as a party. To cheers and applause, she suggested that if only a woman were nominated for president, this would all be behind us. If that would work, it would be one of the greatest and quickest achievements of the federal government. I I just have this feeling that it's been tried before, and rather recently as well. I'll have to research that and get back to you, but in the meantime, I have a similar idea. I bet that if we nominated a black man for president, it would end racism on the internet. And and if he were elected president, I imagine that would simply end racism completely, everywhere. Yeah, I have a dream. So let's hear what you think. 
It really baffles me how Trump's economic successes can be so easily brushed off like that. I could understand saying something like, it's nice that this benefits African Americans, and then perhaps bring up some other issue and say that this or that is why he could never support Trump. But to deny the truth because of some weird connection to slavery is way out there. And let's not forget that Obama and the Democrats said that this sort of economic expansion was impossible. Does it baffle you, or do you have another take on this? You can express yourself by hitting the website, considerthis.ctpodcasting.com. That's where you can find out how to call me and email me, as well as getting a transcript of the show and links to what I referred to. Simple as that. Thanks for listening. And let's do this again. Since it's just 10 minutes or less, there's always time to consider this. <laughs>